Welcome to a new Clifford Chance podcast. My name is Alexandra Borrayo, and I am a senior associate in the litigation and arbitration department in the Madrid office. Today, I will be speaking with Inyo Villoria, litigation partner in Madrid, in charge of insolvency and financial litigation, about a recent court decision issued by a first instance court in Madrid. It is not surprising that in the current climate, with many businesses suffering financial distress, options to refinance and restructure are being explored, including the assistance being provided by the state in the form of loans, guarantees, and temporary relief. At Clifford Chance, we have been addressing these issues both at a domestic level as well as on a cross-border basis with our colleagues from the different offices across the globe to put together knowledge and trends. And when doing so, it has come to our attention a very recent and striking case from the Spanish jurisdiction, the CELSA case. In this podcast, we're going to take a closer look at the case. CELSA is a leading manufacturer of steel, which has taken the unusual step of preempting creditor action by seeking the court's protection and obtaining relief from creditor demands based on the situation it finds itself in as a result of COVID-19. Many creditors have been surprised when they've heard of the Madrid court willingness to granting an injunction which has the effect of postponing payment and covenant for a year. And perhaps what might be even more surprising is that it has done so without notice to the creditors who are now affected by the payment holiday. Inigo, could you tell us a bit more about who the applicant is and who are the other parties involved in this case? Hello, Alex, and many thanks. The applicants are the mother company of the CELSA Group, Barna Steel, as borrower under a 2017 refinancing agreement known as the Jumbo Loan, as well as other group companies as guarantors, and the defendants are the lenders under the Jumbo Loan. So what is the origin of this case? Is CELSA undergoing a restructuring process? CELSA signed in 2017 the 900 million Jumbo Loan, based upon a viability plan which was prepared by the company and reviewed by KPMG. In accordance with the Jumbo loan, amortizations were to be made in May and November every year. Certain financial covenants were agreed by the parties and, of course, termination events were set out. The financing included a typical security package and financial collateral was decisive in this deal. It seems that CELSA had now initiated contacts with the lenders. However, the court decision says it had received no response yet to this initial approach. And what has exactly happened? What measures has CELSA taken to protect itself from its creditors? And what has the court decided? The court decision has been rendered in the context of an injunction procedure. So it's a provisional measure to have effects until a main court decision is taken. So a request has been filed by the CELSA group in advance of the claim, the main claim, in order to ensure that the effects of this final judgment does not come too late. The request has been filed ex parte without the creditors having heard. The opposition will come after. The main claim which has been announced by the company is a request for contractual amendment of the Jumbo loan due to the extraordinary circumstances which are the consequence of COVID-19, which is said to have affected severely the business of the company. The decision which has been granted is twofold. Firstly, a payment deferral of amortizations to be made in May and November 2020 for a year. The rule does not say, however, that the full calendar is postponed one year, only these two payments. And secondly, a release of financial covenants for the same period. 
And when did the company use this aggressive method? Would it have achieved the same result through a formal restructuring process? Well, one could think that the debtor may have tried out a formal refinancing and have it submitted to the court for homologation, the Spanish scheme, in order to calm down dissenting creditors. However, it seems that the existence of financial collateral has been decisive for the company to take a different approach. In Spain, courts have declared that court sanction, the homologation, would only affect the underlying debt when it takes place. It means that a creditor holding financial collateral will be allowed to enforce it in the meantime by appropriation on an immediate basis. So the debtor has tried, by means of this court injunction, to outwit the financial collateral regulation. In this sense, you can think that this is a kind of procedural fraud. So this is some sort of procedural fraud. What is the basis for the court to grant this injunction? The court has applied the, the standard criteria in order for an injunction to be provided. The three requirements under Spanish law, appearance of good faith, risk of delay, and guarantee. Beginning with the later, a, guarantee, a bank guarantee is to be posted by CELSA, amounting to 750,000 euros. On the appearance of good faith point, the court has thought that CELSA, CELSA's claim has certain grounds in the view of the extraordinary change in circumstances as compared to those under the viability plan. The parties, said their judgment, did not take into account the current climate when they entered into the loan. So the circumstances have come by surprise. Regarding the risk of delay, which is obviously the key driver for this decision to be taken, the court has concluded that the enforcement of financial collateral by the creditors was more than likely. The request has been filed and granted ex parte because the coupon was due on the 4th of May. The companies made the application some days before that, and this is the reason why the court thought it was better not to hear the creditors in advance. And what are the next steps in this proceeding? Well, this is an injunction procedure, so we have uh, uh, now for the creditors the opportunity to file an opposition, and then the court will decide on the injunction either to confirm it or to dismiss it. It is possible that the court changes its mind after having heard the creditors. And finally, the court decision, whatever it is, will be subject to appeal before the Madrid Provincial Court. In parallel, the main action for contractual amendment will be developed, and the judgment may either be in favor of the debtor or the creditors. Unfortunately, as a matter of time, injunctions may become more than just an incidental decision. If we take into account the severe effects and the timing for a main co-decision to be taken. A number of years ago was a very well-known case, Alteco and Marimpor, when the court took a decision, an injunction, preventing the lenders from enforcing financial collateral. The decision was later revoked by the Court of Appeal, but it was more than a year later. The damage was already done. And what about the risk of this court decision spreading to other cases? What type of court was in charge of this decision? And can it be considered as an isolated court decision from this specific court? Or are other similar courts found or influenced by this court decision? Well, the decision has been taken by a first instance court. There are more than 100 of them in Madrid. So we can expect that in the current context, a number of debtors may try, may try out uh, to, in order to get this kind of protection. For the time being, as far as we know, this is just an isolated court decision. Just to be clear, Inigo, does this mean that this is the first time such relief has been granted to a distressed debtor, 
or does this confirm a tendency to grant such protective measures to debtors? Right, this is the first time it happens, as far as we know, and drilling is in fact surprising. According to Spanish law, agreements may be, must be fulfilled in accordance with the terms. There are a few exceptions to this. The fourth major principle, which will justify a contractual breach of obligations on a temporary basis until the fourth major event ceases, and the rebus equestantibus doctrine, which will allow the court under absolutely exceptional circumstances to amend the contractual terms in order to re-establish the balance between the interests of both parties. In our view, this decision is surpassing, surpassing this doctrine. Inigo, if I may ask, what is your opinion on this ruling? Well, I think that this ruling is somehow mixing concepts. Uh, the force majeure reasoning lies behind the decision. But force majeure operates on a temporary basis, only for the time it lasts. Is it possible to have it predetermined? I don't think so. Why has the court considered that the Celsa companies will keep under the same circumstances for a year? Why not six months to a year? The method applied by the court here is somehow different than usual. In fact, it is setting out a contractual amendment without knowing in advance how long will the first major event last. The court has, the court request has worked in, the, in a different manner than usual. In this kind of context, a contractual breach happens first and then comes the creator to take action. It is by way of objection to this action when the court alleges the force major principle. So what can creditors do or cannot do in the meantime? The obvious reaction by the creditors is to contest the court decision. And I must say that with reasonably good prospects of success either in the first instance court or to the appeal, most likely. What the, debt, what the creditors cannot do at this stage is to either accelerate or enforce the security. They can, however, trade with the claims. Those who had credit insurance can seek to claim for their losses. Although, on this point, it is also true that there is no default as such as a result of the court decision. So the matter is not so clear. Finally, Inigo, as a conclusion, You've just said that you think that any appeal or challenge has good prospects of succeeding. Is that your bet for the appeal or for uh, any challenge? Yeah. Now the creditors will object before the same judge. So he can change his mind in view of the reasoning to be made by the creditors. If not, the appeal court can revoke the decision later. It's my view that it's more than likely, based upon the case law which was uh, provided in the context of the former crisis by the Supreme Court, because financial distress comes from time to time, and the Supreme Court considered that it, it is not enough to trigger the Reversic Estantibus Doctrine to amend the contractual terms. It is true that there were a few Supreme Court judgments, in particular in the year 2014, somehow expanding the scope of the Reversic Estantibus Doctrine, but the Supreme Court later came back to the former doctrine, which sets out that rebusicestantibus, the ability for a court to amend the contractual terms, is absolutely exceptional. And financial crisis is not enough argument. So my hope is that things will go back to normal, and this decision just remains as an unfortunate anecdote. Well, Inigo, thank you very much for your comments. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to this podcast, and we will keep you posted on the Celsa case. Bye. Many thanks. Bye.